kings, queens, and in-betweens, welcome to Rosé Till Christmas Day, a show where we pour ourselves a glass and indulge in some cheesy movies to embrace the spirit of Christmas. I am one of your hosts, Abby, and I am joined by your other lovely host, Emma. Hello. Full disclosure, this is our second time recording part of this episode. Yeah! Because Audacity sucks. Technical difficulties! Yeah! It wouldn't be a podcast without it. Yeah, especially a brand new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, at least we got it over with in the first episode. Hopefully it'll never happen again. Knock on wood. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'm sleep deprived. So am I. Guess what? I, okay, so guess why I'm sleep deprived? Is it because you were too excited about the Starbucks holiday dreams? <laughs> A little too much. I did not, like, I was like, I woke myself up, I was awake at 4.30 and I was like, god damn it, Emma, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, they, they came out, so today is November 7th as we're recording this, and they came out today, and I was like, okay, like, I gotta get up early, my store opens at 6, like, I gotta be there kind of within the first couple hours because... They have these, like, reusable cups that they give away for free. And, like, I'm going to get my hands on one of them. So, mm-hmm. and, like, I love Starbucks Christmas drinks because, you know. So I woke myself up early and then I was just, like, waiting around. So, like, I did my makeup. And then I went out and I got my free Christmas cup with a peppermint mocha with Ooh. coconut milk. Which, by the way, is delicious. Even if you're not vegan, you need to try it that way. I cannot recommend it enough. And then I got to go do a little bit of shopping and get a couple Christmassy things cause, and, like, got to, like, stand in the Christmas aisles and, like, not feel guilty about it because it was November. And then I got to sit down with a glass of rosé and watch this movie. And holy fuck, did I have a, I had a really good day in terms of, like, Christmas spirit. And I've just been, like, singing Christmas karaoke waiting for Abby tonight so yeah what have you what have you been doing this week to get yourself into the spirit abby let's see i've been listening to a lot of christmas music uh, a lot of times at work like if i've got my hour scheduled break or whatever i'll uh, close my office door and play christmas music while i work on notes um today i wasn't very festive just because i think i got like four hours of sleep and it was a long day and but now I'm sitting in my um, home office if you will with uh, all my Christmas lights on and a non-Christmassy beer of Blue Moon (laughs) Uh, and and I'm excited to talk about this movie so that way I can put myself in a Christmassy mood yeah I'm excited to I'm excited to talk about it with you too it's just a great way to kind of like round off the day I think yeah yeah um all right so this week we are kicking off our podcast officially Woo! Um, and we will be walking through and reviewing the holiday cap did i say holiday or holiday you said the holiday calendar and then you stuffed yourself she I I kept saying holidays holiday earlier Okay, we are reviewing and breaking down The Holiday Calendar, uh, which premiered on Netflix in 2018. 
It was directed by Bradley Walsh, and the screenplay was by, I still don't know how to pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? I'm calling, I'm saying Eamon Kaderali. Okay. <laughs> and the film stars Kat Graham as our main character, Abby, that's my name. Um, <laughs> Quincy <laughs> Brown as Josh, Ethan Peck as Ty, and Ron Cephas Jones as Gramps, who is the best character in this movie. He is literally one of my favorite parts of this movie. We'll get into the, that in a little yeah. bit, but like, yeah. I adore him. Yeah. So, let's let's get into the movie. Let's get into so the we, movie. We, we open with a whole bunch of establishing shots of this very Christmassy town, which I've never seen a town that's that into Christmas. Uh, I would visit this town in a heartbeat. Oh, at yeah. At Christmas time. The set design in this movie just makes me so happy because it's like literally like someone vomited Christmas all over, like <laughs> kind of a New England looking town. Yeah. And I'm very here for it. Yeah, they never establish like where they are. It's 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 a coastal city because okay. there's a couple shots where you can see ocean, but then there's a couple shots where like it's covered in ice, so that makes me think, oh, maybe it's like by a lake. I don't know. Mm, it like just looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then we get to our main character Abby as she is working as an assistant in a photo studio, like like one like at J.C. or something like that. <laughs> No, okay. Where you go Seriously? to get your Christmas card picture done. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, God, memories. I used to work at Sears Portrait <laughs> Studio right before I went yeah. to nursing school. I didn't hate my job. Abby hates her job. But, like, I kind of, like, know her feeling where it's just, like, I know, like, I kind of get the vibe there. And it was, like, it's every time I watch it, it just, like, takes me back to, like, oh, yeah, like, when we had to, like, put up all, like, the special backdrops and like get mm -hmm. everybody together so like we can make this look good and everything so props yeah. to all all the people who work uh doing christmas cards you're the real mvps so the number one mvp though is the christmas pupper getting his photo taken yeah <laughs> And his, and you can tell his dad, make sure they get a photo every single year, and it's very important. And I would like to receive this Christmas card. <laughs> Abby oh, sent me a Christmas card with her pupper last year. Yeah. I was just so. going to say, I need to take another picture of Chuck for the Christmas card this year. So anyway, Abby's depressed because she doesn't like this job because she wants to be uh, an editorial photographer. But to cheer her up, Josh, her best friend that she totally wants to fuck but doesn't realize it, uh, he's back and he's cute and he was in New Zealand visiting our friend Saf, but now he's back for good. Because cute people go visit other cute people. So yes. that's why he was in New Zealand to see Saf. Yes. But Josh is very handsome. He's, he's so cute. He's got, like, this little twinkle in his eye and, like, this mm. nice big smile. And, like, when you see, when he sees Abby, mm. you can just see the hearts in his eyes. He mm -hmm. is adorable. I love he's, him. He, yes. He's very, he's a handsome lad and he's just very, very sweet. Yeah. He is the perfect um, cheesy Christmas movie love interest. Lo <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. So now we move on to Christmas photos at Abby's parents. 
And we find out that her parents don't really support her following her dreams of becoming a photographer and want her to come work at her father's law firm. Which, boo. So much hate. <laughs> so much hate. But. Yes. Let's take our artistically inclined daughter and put her into one of the driest professions known to mankind. <laughs> right? That'll but be great. But we have the best family member there. Grandpa. <laughs> Gramps. I Gramps. love so much how the one of like like one of the main secondary relationship of this movie is between Abby and her grandfather because mm. and that means a lot to me because for the holidays a lot of it was centered around my grandparents specifically my grandfather um and he always went out of his way to like make it really special for us he built me like a snow fort in his backyard one year and because mm. and like I was the he called it Shay Emma because I was the only one that could actually fit in it because I'm the baby of the family, and, like, mm. he just, he always gave us his all at Christmas, and mm. it's actually really sweet to kind of see a grandfather-granddaughter relationship in this movie. Oh, it makes my heart happy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we love Grandpa in this movie, because he fully supports Abby, loves Abby totally. Abby is his favorite grandchild because Mm -hmm. Abby also has an older sister um and we know this because (laughs) Gramps gives Abby his wife's Abby's grandma's magic antique advent calendar and Abby's like are you sure it's for me and not for my sister and he's just like it's for you and I should also note that while they're having this family get together Josh, who who arrives but Josh? So Josh. and everybody's happy to see Josh, and Josh is like totally into the cooking, and like there's banter, and he's already part of the family. Like, come right. on, come on, right? Even like Gramps loves Josh. I know. It, there's, Gramps there's loves Josh. That's all you need to know. Yes. I would trust, if Gramps trusts a person, then I know that's a good person. Because I know Gramps is a good person. So, yes. He's got a very good judge of character. Yes. And so he gives Abby the antique advent calendar that is the catalyst for our story. But first, a little bit more establishing of who our characters are and what kind of towns they live in. Abby brings Josh to this vacant building that she wants to be able to rent, but it's too expensive. Um, So that way she could put her own studio in there where she can showcase her work as well as boost other people's too, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, And then we go back to Abby's apartment. Oh, let me talk about this apartment for a second because this apartment pisses me off. <laughs> she keeps going on. Okay, first of all, all she does for work is a photographer at a photo studio, and it doesn't look like it's the most high, like high-end photo studio in the world. Mm-mm. And she comes into town. this in, in immaculately decorated apartment with a fully renovated kitchen with a fucking stainless steel range hood over top of it, blue cabinets. She has fucking trees in the middle of it to separate her sleeping space from her living space. She can afford this on her salary in the middle of downtown? In this economy? I don't think so. 
No. I don't think so. I think it's actually bigger than my one-bedroom apartment. I'm not even kidding. Jesus Christ. It is huge. When I was looking for um, places to rent so that way I could move, finally move out of my parents' house, there were studios for rent in my quote-unquote smaller town and fucking like and they were like nice like the ones that like the one that abby has so i'm I'm assuming they're in the same price range which is mm-hmm. more than what i'm going to be paying for my two-bedroom townhouse so mm-hmm. there there's no way that apartment is at least eight ten hundred a month at yeah. least it yeah. has exposed brick that is painted yes it does she can fit photo stuff in there i'm just i'm i'm blown away give me just like if you're gonna sell me on the starving artist thing just like make her a little bit more millennial that's all i'm asking Mm, man mm -hmm. i know this is a christmas movie i know there's fantastical elements to it but this is a little too i can believe in this holiday (laughs) calendar but i cannot believe that she could afford this apartment (laughs) my suspension of belief can only go so far exactly Oh, good God. And so while we are in uh, the apartment that is way outside of Abby's budget, we find out that Abby has some big imposter syndrome because Josh is like, no, go follow your dreams. And she's like, nah, I'm not good enough. Even though he just spent like half of the time in their apartment, in her apartment, complimenting her. I just want to point out that I find it weird that he has a travel vlog, blog, Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I can't read it. It's too much. It's 18 months. It's like, you know, that that is many small entries over the course of 18 months. You could have been following along, Abby. And you yeah. chose not to. You're his You best let this friend. friendship down. And so that is that is it for, like, our establishing who our main characters are and, like, what kind of town they live in. And we finally get into the advent calendar. It is the first day of December and the advent calendar magically opens on its own. And Abby's completely unfazed by it. <laughs> it's this supposedly antique holiday calendar has LED lights inside as well that just <laughs> magically light up. This is magic. Open. I can no, I can like I can I can figure out like a perfect way for the doors to open, like right at midnight. It's gotta be a clock of some kind. You can see Gramps like turning something. Like that all makes sense. Not the lights don't make sense to me. The lights in that apartment? God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but this isn't your uh, average 21st century advent calendar where you open it and there's chocolate inside unless you were me when I like turned 15 years old and your grandma started sending you advent calendars with just Bible verses and not chocolate in them. And it was very sad. <laughs> That's such a bummer. <laughs> like, um, oh. And it's one of those things, like, you can't really be like, why didn't you give me chocolate? Because, like, you're not allowed to question why there's Bible verses. But, like, no. come on. Come on. No. You can't you can't just give Abby the goods and then, like, walk back on that. Right? I'm sorry. But, yeah, like you said, I can't question it because God knows I already live with enough Catholic guilt. Let's add some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I, if my, if anybody in my family did that and I questioned it, oh man, I would have gotten such a talking to. This mm-hmm. is the season of Christ's birth. It has nothing to do with presents. Keep Christ in Christmas. 
But anyway, Abby's advent calendar has little toys in them. Um, And so on the first day, it is a pair of boots. And so then we go to Abby and Mr. Singh, who is her boss, doing photos with Santa in the town square with a bajillion little small children that they can't handle. (laughs) But yet Um, still are somehow very, very patient with. So Abby calls in the reinforcements and gets Josh and his friend Fernando to come help. Uh, wrangle the small children and Josh is really good with kids and it's very attractive <laughs> yes the, the amount of eye fucking these two do in this movie is ridiculous yeah. like ugh, they just drive me crazy like how do you not notice that you're like totally in love with each other well he he's he notices yeah he knows well, and, like, they have, okay, so they have this, like, cute little thing they do where he'll pretend to take a photo of her and, like, she'll pose. But, like, a silly pose. That, that's so it's that's like a thing totally that people normal. who fuck do. I could see that being a thing that, like, they started when they were kids. Yeah. So, like, I can kind of get where that, like, would be in their friendship level, but, like, I don't know. You see the eyes he's making at her when he does it, and it's just mm-hmm. like, girl, you gotta wake up. Yes. So anyway, Josh and Abby go on a lunch break, and Josh has bought her a present all the way from Italy, and it's a pair of boots! A pair of ugly-ass boots. (laughs) They're very ugly. Those boots are not cute. And then she wears them for the rest of the movie. I have in my notes uh, the (laughs) boots in the calendar. The toy boots in the calendar were a lot more cute than the boots she actually got. (laughs) And God bless you, Cat Graham. You really sold how much you love those boots, but like God, and like maybe I'm just like not into shoes enough and all to like appreciate what I'm seeing. But no, those no. boots, no, they ugly. I would appreciate the Italian leather part of it, mm. and I guess that would make me happy. But the combat boots she was wearing before were way cuter than the boots yep. she put on afterwards. Yup. And then, like, the looks they give each other and, like, they're being all lovey-dovey. How do they not realize they want to fuck each other? How do they not realize? Like, you don't just buy anybody Italian boots. I don't, I would, I mean, I love Abby, but I'm not, like, gonna buy you a pair of Italian leather boots. Mostly because I don't have the money, but. I thought you were my Josh. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Somebody else is your Josh, okay? Eh. <laughs> he ain't gonna buy me shit. <laughs> He's still in <laughs> school. <laughs> I'm the one buying myself Italian boots. God, now I feel like I have to buy you, like, an ugly pair of no. boots. <laughs> no. Christmas. No. <laughs> anyway. Now we move on to day two, where the little toy is a Christmas tree, and we get some more time at pictures with Santa Claus, and Fernando is a very sweet guy. He is very obviously there to be the comedic relief, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much all Fernando's personality is. He's like a guy with an accent who's just there to be kind of silly and like sadly wonder why Josh is friend-zoned. So Uh, I feel like at this point, we've established that Josh is nuts for her. So at least he's aware. Josh knows he has it bad for Abby. 
Abby is clueless. And then they get into a whole thing about the friend zone, and oh my fucking god. I hate the friend zone conversation so much. Yup. I have that in my notes later. (laughs) Not that I hate being in the friend zone. I hate the concept of a friend zone. That, like, being Mm. someone's friend is not good enough. Yup. So... Then Abby's on her way home, and some guy swerves around the corner, and the Christmas tree on top of his car falls off, and Abby runs over it. Oh, no. And instead of, like, pulling over to the side of the road like normal people, they just get out of their car and have a full-on conversation in the middle of the road. It's okay. They're both really, really ridiculously good-looking. People won't mind. As soon as this guy steps out of the car, it's like... I I feel like I've seen you in Christmas rom-coms before, Mm. and he's usually the typical guy who's, like, the romantic lead in the rom-coms, but this guy is the wrench. He's there to throw things off for a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. I also, like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because, like, I've watched this movie. I watched this movie last year and, like, knew that, you know, Spoiler alert, he, she doesn't end up with Ty. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> knew that, like, that was going to be the case, but, like, there's something about him, and I don't know what it is, that if, like, he were in a a movie where, like, he was a prince of a neighboring country, like, he would be the bad prince, where, mm. like, kind of like, uh, oh, what the hell is his name from Frozen? Hans. Hans. I can see that, Yeah. Where he's, like, really smooth and charming at first, but you can tell there's a little bit of an evil side to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also Are Spock, you saying he should be in the Christmas Prince Part 3 as, oh. like, the rival to the heir to the throne? Oh. Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh. That would be interesting. And he's Spock, <laughs> so. <gasps> he mm-hmm. is! Oh, my God. Anyway, we go on to day three, which is... A nutcracker. And lo and behold, Abby is going to a Christmas pageant at her niece Corinne's school. And guess who's there? Ty. It's Ty. He's the single dad. Yeah. He sewed the costume himself. He's really endearing. And apparently he's like the hottest meal ticket. Oh, I shouldn't say meal ticket. He's the hottest piece of meat on the market in the PTA circuit. Mm-hmm. So. God, which is hilarious because, like, I'm like, that can't, like, that kind of stuff isn't true. Like, the PTA being all, like, the way it is in this movie. And no, it is true. That happens oh in PTA. <laughs> I would know. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I've seen enough PTAs. No. Actually, one of the things I thought was hilarious about this movie was just, like, literally the iPhones in front of literally everybody's face. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious and also very bang on. <laughs> uh-huh. I love living in the 2010s. <laughs> it's so weirdly delightful. Yeah. So Abby runs into Ty, realizes that he has a daughter, and guess what she's dressed as? A, a nutcracker. And so then Abby tells Josh back at her, re- it has to be a rent-controlled apartment. Or either that or her father is, like, really successful as a lawyer and, like, only makes her pay for utilities. And that's why they're so on her about, like, getting, like, an actual job so she can, like, pay for her own fucking apartment. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, 
Josh and Abby are back at their apartment, and she's telling Josh about Ty, and, like, he's very clearly jealous. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's like, why are you being a brat? It's kind of like, well, I mean, like, yes, why is he being a brat? Get over it. Also, but, like, how do you not realize he's jealous? I know. Abby, I don't wake understand. up! And so now we move on to day four, which is a candy cane. <laughs> and this all at culminates. this point, I was like, so Abby's aware that this holiday calendar is just basically a big old spoiler box for her life. Yes. And now she has to decode what this candy cane spoiler means. And and Josh is fully on board. Yeah, he believes her. I mean, yeah. you know, like, he, like, he has a healthy amount of skepticism, which I appreciate. Because I would kind of want to be a little more skeptical. But if somebody I knew and loved was telling me very sincerely that their holiday calendar was predicting their life, I'd be like, okay, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But then, like, so then they're at the photos with Santa, like, looking at the candy canes, like, oh, somehow. Oh, it's Josh gets knocked over by this small child. Who didn't want to take pictures with Santa? Which let uh, PSA out why there? Why was he in? Why was he in line in the first place, Mom? This is right? this is fully on Mom. If your child is like, I do not want to take a picture with Santa. Listen to them. Allow them autonomy. Don't force them. So, little kid knocks over Josh. Josh knocks over into the candy canes. Abby goes to push a texting teen out of the way and all the candy canes fall on Abby and she has the most dramatic fall I've ever seen. (laughs) Somehow it's not like the wind getting knocked out of her or like a weird back injury. She sprains her wrist and all of this. Yep. And so they're like, Abby, go to the clinic. And she's just like, I don't want to. And they're like, Abby, go to the clinic. And she's like, okay, fine. And guess who's the doctor? It's time! It's time. And this is time where Emma would like to talk to you about the ethics of being in relationships with your patients. This this is what I was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Did you have the same thought? Yes! Like, as soon as he was introduced as the doctor, I'm like, oh, okay, this just became one big ethics thing waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. In my notes, I said there's got to be some HIPAA violation going on. Yes! And, oh my god, and he gives her his number via the prescription. This is a total, like, oh my god, no, 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 this is not how you should do it, even if you, oh, even if you are going to date a patient, do not give them their number through something that you're doing. Oh, oh my god. And then, like, is he going to, like, charge her? That's, that would be, that would be a thing. Like, so basically, he hits on her. She still has to pay him. There's there's so many ethical questions coming up with this doctor's visit. I cannot even get into it. Right. I know he's hot, but, you know. <laughs> he is not hip violation. Huh? And wait till, <laughs> at least wait till you're out of the clinic, okay? Yeah. Track her down some other way. Right. So he tells her it's a sprain wrist, and his prescription for her is ibuprofen and a drink and like imagine paying for a doctor's visit only to be told that you just need an advil Mm -hmm. and then the doctor hits on you wouldn't you be a little creeped out by that yes like also like i'm assuming when he said and a drink my mind went to alcohol 
apparently Adam yes. did later as well. Um, ibuprofen is processed in the liver, as is alcohol. Yeah. Are you, you gotta trying be careful. to give her liver failure? But then, okay, so then the other question was, like, does she have insurance? <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, why, like, why are, like, why is money just not coming up enough? If she's a starving no. artist, like, this doctor's yeah. appointment is a very big deal, okay? All for it to be something, like, she, she lives in the United a sprained States. wrist. Again, my suspension of disbelief can only go so far. <laughs> really only goes so far especially since like i know how hard it is to like convince my american friends to go see the doctor for like things that are like (laughs) actual problems (laughs) because they have to consider the cost sorry this is totally but now that we're on the topic of insurance uh and how ridiculous it is and I, i mean like i feel like this is important to bring up because it's a reflective thing in the movie of like this is the thing with, with cheesy Christmas movies. It's like, money never matters. <laughs> it really doesn't. And we should we should acknowledge this as a part of the genre. <laughs> yeah. So my partner has epilepsy. And we constantly tell people, do not call 911 if he has a seizure. Because we can't afford the ambulance cost. Yeah. So just just throwing that out there. So this is also when we get... Fernando ranting and raving about the friend zone, which was my first count of true hetero nonsense. I think there should be like an open discussion of feelings, but if you're not on the same page, then you need to be okay with being friends because mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's like, I don't know why that's so hard for people. Yep. You've been her best friend for how long and suddenly that's not good enough? Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> so then we get a couple of like quick days so day five is an ice skate and abby and ty go ice skating together day Mm -hmm. six is a reindeer and they what do they do with the reindeer it's not really a reindeer they just happen to be on like a horse-drawn carriage oh yeah so there's and then like they pass her sister and her sister's like yeah good dick (laughs) right also okay like they go they're going on a date every single night I wrote in my notes, where is his child? <laughs> she's with her mom. It's oh, that's right. They're divorced. divorced. I forgot yeah. they're divorced and she's not dead. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's because he played up the single dad bit at the fir- at first. I'm like, yeah. so you're not co-parenting? Really? You're not co-parenting on this very important occasion where your child is performing? Really? really? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, maybe mom's not a good primary parent to live with then yeah but then dad is committing major hipaa violations yeah. god i'm so annoying oh i'm annoying myself <laughs> 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 so then we skip to day nine uh and it is a caroler and josh and abby are having a fancy dinner and then people creepily come up to the window and start caroling to them she looks um, so pretty in that scene <laughs> Yes. Oh like, my God, the yes. light, she is stunning. The, the way they lit... I'm sorry, I'm having a game moment here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, it's just, like, it's one of the most, like, romantically framed shots of this woman that I have literally ever seen. And I'm like, oh, wow. You would be yeah. a fool not to fall for this woman, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Yes. Look at that. Anyway. <laughs> 
So then we skip to day 14 and it's a wreath and I guess Josh bought her a giant wreath that was outside of her apartment. I mean, she has the space to hang it up on one of her huge walls. Yes, this is true. It's whether or not she can afford the pieces to be able to hang it up on her exposed brick or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, here is my other big count of hetero nonsense. Abby talks about how they've been on so many dates and they don't even know each other. How, like, how do you have dinner with someone like that and, like, not talk about your lives? Like, what do you do? How do you, like... How do you sit with them in a horse-drawn carriage and not talk about your lives? What do you talk what, what about? What is happening here? What? Yeah, what do you talk about? Really, I would like to know. I don't think the film thought this one through. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is... Okay, so now... No, okay. I was going to say, like, now that we're breaking it down more, I'm liking this film less, but that's not true. No, I, it's it's just it's funnier to point out the stupid things about yeah. this film. Like, I just want to pick the shit out of it, but then also be like, overall, I love this movie. But anyway, I love this movie. <laughs> so then, Fernando wants to go see a Christmas story, um, which is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. I do um, love that movie. I Although think- I've never seen it get like the Rocky Horror treatment where everybody dresses up. Neither that have seems I. Weird to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not just but, me? No. <laughs> okay. And also, I don't know if they do this in Canada, but here in the States and TBS, I believe, <clears throat> they run A Christmas Story for 24 hours, starting on Christmas Eve all the way until the end of Christmas Day. Most basic cable packages here have TBS. So that's one of my favorite traditions is just kind of periodically turning on the TV throughout the day to watch little bits of a Christmas story before you move on to whatever else you're doing. And it's somehow, I, we always pick it up at the same spot we did the last time. Really? I'm That's like, great. How, how does this happen? <laughs> but it's anyway. It's magic. <laughs> Fernando got tickets for him, Abby, and Josh to go see a Christmas story, and they were all going to dress up, and Abby was going to be the leg lamp. And she's like, I promise I'll be there. And we all know she ain't going to keep that promise. No, no. She's going to let them down. So Ty takes her on this date to a soup kitchen. And I already had icky vibes from him because he talks about how he brings his child here to show her how fortunate they are. Look, sweetie, poor people. Uh Uh-huh. I said in my notes, treating poor people like they're a lesson for kids. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, the whole thing about this just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Just, yeah. like, do it in the spirit of giving back. That's literally all you have to do. But no, you're right. like, you have to be like, look, the poor. They remind <laughs> us to be humble. Look, as they graze. <laughs> I shall throw my gold coins at them and watch those. <laughs> God. Okay, boomer. (laughs) Okay, boomer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Here's another big hetero nonsense. (laughs) What? He's in our age group. Is he? (coughs) He would be. Or at very least Gen X. Late Gen X. He's super rich, which automatically puts him in boomer category. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He is an Uh, uber rich white man. Okay, boomer. Okay, Boomer. Um, Here's my other big hetero nonsense. These two old men aren't gay. 
Um, excuse me, those two are husbands. They totally The movie just are. didn't say it. They are husbands. You put up with someone like this for so long. And, like, she even compares their relationship to her and Josh. Like, excuse me. I know she's, like, dumb at the moment. But, like, you do not make a comparison like that and expect me to believe that these two are not husbands. And they are giving mm-hmm. her relationship advice. Yeah. They're, they they just don't feel comfortable at this shelter being fully out. And it's really sad. There's, like, there's, this dep- the shelter is very, like, the soup kitchen is extremely depressing for a lot of mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. They're even, like, yeah, he brings, like, so many girls here. Mm-hmm. Icky. 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 And so then... Abby catches up with Ty afterwards and was like, I was talking with these two older gentlemen that are totally gay, but I guess they're not out to the soup kitchen yet. And she's like, do you know of them? And he's like, I try not to get too attached. They're beneath me. I cannot no. talk to the mere mortals. I cannot talk to the plebeians. No. I'm I a do rich want- doctor. <laughs> I don't want to get attached. Don't name them. You're not going to keep them. <laughs> oh my god so they go back to abby's ridiculously priced apartment Ty is like wow look at this great apartment how do you afford this (laughs) i thought i was the rich one and she tells him about her magic calendar and he continues being a douche and is like you're fucking crazy he compares it to like astrology like excuse me yeah Fuck you and your Western Weird. medicine. <laughs> and then, and then I can't remember what the the catalyst for this was, but like he says, you're taking dating advice from two guys living on the street. First of all, just based on how these people were dressed, I don't think they were living on the street. I think they're in hard times. You know, mm-hmm. hard times. People can't always afford to feed themselves if they want to mm-hmm. keep a roof over their head. So yeah. first, so this first of all, Ty has no idea how like hunger works in this country. No, and like they clearly live in a northern town, so like it's fucking cold in the winter time. If they were living on the streets, they would have toques on at the very least. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Abby drops his ass, which I think she ends up dropping him over the calendar thing, and like yes, like he was mocking her and being a jerk, but like not the. Um, there I was, treat poor there people were red like flags they're... before. <laughs> it wasn't the hitting on her at the doctor. It wasn't no. the non conversations during the dates. It was you don't support my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't treating poor people like they're in a zoo for us to go look at and say, "Oh, aren't we fortunate? It's a calendar." <laughs> it's a calendar. Come on, Abby. Ugh. Anyway, now we're on day sixteen, and it's a Santa hat. And apparently it's a big fucking deal that the mayor is coming to their tree lighting ceremony. Like, nobody is that enthralled with their mayor in a small town. Mayors, like, do they even get paid that much when they run a small town? It wouldn't surprise me if a mayor in, like, a a small town took a smaller pay cut and it was, like, a side job for them. Anyway, no one is that enthralled with their mayor in a small town. (laughs) But... Abby takes a bunch of the photos, and the mayor wants Abby's photos. And all of a sudden, Josh accidentally erases all of the photos from the SD card. 
And it's clearly an accident, but Abby still gets really, really mad at him. Like, I understand being frustrated and disappointed, but like, holy shit, girl. That's enough for you to stop talking to him. He has more Mm -hmm. reason to not be talking to you. Mm -hmm. Abby, do better, sweetie. Do better. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're great. And then Mr. Singh fires Abby because Josh lost the photos. And then hires Josh to replace Abby. It's it's salt in the wound. It's a knife in the gut. I get it. But I still wouldn't be that mad at Josh. No. I would I could understand like maybe not just wanting to talk to him for the rest of the night because Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like knowing that like assuring him like I know it's not your fault. I just need to go home and like not mm-hmm. be around you right now. <laughs> nope. He ruined her big break. It's all his fault. He's the worst. And also not being mad at Mr. Singh for being like, you're fired over this and Josh can have your job when he lost the photos. Yeah, seriously. Ugh. Anyway, (sighs) then from day 17 to 19, we get a lot of uh, Abby isolating and eating food and watching Netflix. (laughs) I wonder who produced this feature film. I don't know. Gosh, it's a great mystery. (laughs) Um, And then her sister finally... Pops in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck up and take a shower. Stop it. And I guess that's all Abby needed. Yeah. Please come support your niece. Oh, right. My niece. I will be right down. Sorry. (laughs) So between day 20 and day 21, Abby decides that she will donate some of her art to be auctioned for um, her niece's school for school funding, I guess. Um Mm. But before that, Abby finds out that somebody has rented the space that she wants for her studio, and she is heartbroken. And so she goes over to wherever they're auctioning off the stuff, and her sister abuses her power as PTA president to make other people go unload Abby's car. I mean, good for you. Good for you. She, you know what? You tell those white people what to do. (laughs) Yeah, you right. I respect that. You right. I respect that. You're right. Oh, I forgot to mention that in between day 17 and 19, Abby decides that she's had enough of Christmas by taking down like four things in her apartment. Um, I love that this woman hates Christmas, but she had like garland around her. Yeah. She hates Christmas bullshit. And uh, in taking those four things out to the garbage, she also decides to take the advent calendar out, but then decides, no, I can't do it. I can't throw away the advent calendar. So she puts it in the back of her trunk. And so when, I don't remember what her name is, Karen decides to go and get the stuff out of Abby's trunk, guess what was in the trunk? The Christmas calendar. Mm-hmm. And then we get a shot of Abby trying to recover the photos from the shoot with the mayor. Um, and I'd just like to point out that uh, there were 69 files recovered. Nice. I also wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're podcasting together, Abby. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so now it is day 22, and it's the auction, and mom and dad are finally proud of Abby because she's making money. 
you're making money. Oh, suddenly we're like totally supportive of this. No mm-hmm. worries. Follow your because you'll be paying it. for that apartment eventually, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Abby realizes, oh shit, the calendar was in the trunk. It was brought into here, and then hounds her sister to figure out what happened to it, and it was sold to an anonymous buyer. I bet it was Josh. That's what I wrote. Josh. Josh bought the calendar. And now it is day 23, the eve before Christmas Eve. It is Festivus for the rest of us. And Josh won't respond to Abby, which, I mean, he kind of has every right to because she was kind of a brat. Yep. Yep. He's allowed to be mad at her. Yep. And one of the things that was auctioned off was a photo session with Abby. And guess who won the session? The mayor. The mayor that everybody's obsessed with. And that's Abby's big break. (laughs) So it is finally Christmas Eve and Abby goes and tells Gramps, look, listen, I effed up. I don't have the calendar anymore. I don't know what happened to it. I'm sorry. And Gramps is like, it'll come back. And she's like, Gramps. And he's like, it'll come back. And on day 25, it's back. Yeah. Yeah. She opens it up. There's a thing that's like really bothering me about this movie is I don't know what the other trinkets were. <laughs> and I want to know what they were. But on the 25th day, she opens it up and it's a snowflake. And she's like, aw. And like goes about her day. The back of the calendar falls off. And it has like a place and time. And she goes to the place and guess what? It's the studio she wanted to rent. And who's there but Josh? Oh, he came back for her. He came back for her. And he said that at the beginning of the movie, too. He's like, I came back for you. Oh, I just want to point out. Okay, so she looks at the she looks at the snowflake, and that's when she realizes this calendar was all about Josh all along. Mm-hmm. And so when she goes to see him... She's, like, ready to admit her feelings. Oh, yeah. She's ready to bone him. Yeah. <laughs> I want somebody who will buy me studio space or, like, yes. equivalent. Yes. Because that is a huge romantic gesture. Uh-huh. So, yes, Josh bought her the space. Like, straight up bought her the space. With, he does say, with the help of my parents and Gramps. Which is also interesting that Abby's parents weren't willing to contribute. Because they're paying so much for her apartment. <laughs> They're like, you can live in the studio. (laughs) Also, like, I realized while I was watching this that I guess I'm not really into grand romantic gestures as I thought I was. Really? I mean, like, I like it. But, like, I bought you a whole studio. Yes, that's amazing. That's incredible. I would cry. But I think the the moments that got me more in this movie were, like, the little tender moments between Josh and Abby. But it's the grand romantic gesture on top of yes the little moments. Yes. You know? So yeah. it's the fact that he had a grand romantic gesture and he was just as appreciative of the fact that she finally salvaged this antique camera and got mm-hmm. it fixed up for him. Yeah. You know? It's the fact that he bought this with the idea of them being partners and doing this together. Yeah. You know? It's very sweet. Josh very is good. Sweet. And you know how he was able to put the money down with help from? Is because he is a big deal in the tribal blogosphere. Yeah. 
Like he Which got money. She would know if she if she read his book. She's got a lot of work to do. I have uh, to say. So. So then we're treated to the one year later. Um, which I do appreciate that it's not just like New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a full year later. We're having a party at the studio. The mayor's there. Everybody got to know the mayor's there. It ends with like Josh and Abby being like, we have an announcement. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to say they're engaged or they're pregnant or, and then they're just like, Merry Christmas. And then you're like, oh, okay, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. And then... The, the last bit of hetero nonsense in this movie is that they make out in front of everybody on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? No one asked for this. Let's just, like, play tonsil hockeys. <laughs> and that's our movie. That's the holiday calendar. Oh, my gosh. So as much as we ragged on this movie, <laughs> I love this movie. It I is so good. It is. It is very cute. I think it's a very good kickoff to the Christmas season. I think so, too. It's... Okay, so let's break it down a little bit. What were the best parts of this movie for you? Mm, Gramps. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, I, I do really appreciate the conversation that she has with the two very obvious husbands at the soup Mm -hmm. kitchen. Um, I think that's good conversation that Abby needed to hear and it's also very sweet and yeah it cute yeah and it's not like they were directly trashing Ty they were just like you know if he doesn't make you feel a certain way it's not worth pursuing yep that's a great that's a great bit of advice and also more evidence that they're husbands because why else would these two men get together and tell her this I'm sorry Straight men don't have that emotional capacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do, but it takes a lot of work to get them there. Yeah. Um, I think and there's so many things I love about this movie. I have to say the chemistry between the cast. Yes. Is by far the best part of the, this movie. Yes. Ah, there's three. So there's three casting directors. So John Buchan, Jason Knight, and Amy Beth Reese. Um, did the casting for this film and it is so good oh my gosh I top tier cast I have to say everybody looks like they love each other and enjoy being around each other the chemistry between Abby and Josh is phenomenal you know it's not that they just cast two good looking people and told them to kiss like there was obviously a process that went into making sure that whoever was presenting this story sold it and they did yeah. just a bang up job with that so uh worst parts about this movie were um, that fucking the apartment. walking hippo violation the walking hippo violation um the inability to say that those two men at the soup kitchen were husbands mm-hmm. i feel like you know you got you got a good I feel like the listeners got a good uh, feel for what we thought the worst parts of this movie were. <laughs> um, yes. Honestly, but, like, these are, like, things that, like, are fun to rag on. They're not things that ruin yes. the movie by any means. No. God, no. No. So, and I mean, and it is a rom-com. It is a Christmas rom-com. And as we stated last time, it is bound to be problematic. And it has some problematic elements. 
mostly yeah. with the walking HIPAA violations, but yes, you know. Yep. So, overall, do you think that there's sincerity in this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. It's they know they're in a cheesy movie, but they're still gonna mm. like they're doing their best to sell it. The writing wasn't horrid. No. The acting was really well done. Again, yeah. like the cast really took like the cast really worked well off of each other. Ugh, gosh, I very sincere. What do you think? Yeah, I I said it was very sincere as well. Literally not a single cast member is phoning it in. No. Um, that's the like that's everybody the part is I really like. genuinely there and putting their best foot forward and and acting in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So that you could tell that this was a project that people like actually believed in and yeah. that is very much appreciated. So, should we give this a holiday rosé cheer or should we go drown our sorrows in beer after having talked about this movie? I'm going to give it a holiday rosé cheer. I absolutely agree. And another big plus for this movie, it's currently the only movie on our roster that primarily stars people of color. So yeah. there there is a bonus to this movie as well, is that it is not necessarily a white-centered narrative. Yeah. So it's I, Yes, it's very refreshing. Brown people existing in a Christmas movie is very rare. <laughs> yeah. And there was efforts made to keep the diversity, not just within the main cast, but like the supporting and background cast mm-hmm. as well so yeah for sure i have to recommend it on that part and seriously guys just i mean we gave you a basic rundown of this movie but go watch it it just it is one of the sweetest films ever yeah it just it makes me happy to watch it and i'm happy to say that it is now a christmas tradition to mm. keep this one yes in my rotation yes. so i'm very excited about that same so, where can they find us? They can find us on Twitter at Rose Till Xmas Day. Um, you can find me personally at Abby M. Cecilia on Twitter. Emma, where can they find you? I'm on Emphisness. That's E M F Y S underscore N E S T. We both also do Star Wars <laughs> podcasts, if that's your jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a podcast called Sapphic Skywalkers and Abby, what's your pod- what's your other podcast? <laughs> My other podcast is Lousy Beautiful Town. Um, we upload this podcast to both the Sapphic Skywalkers and Lousy Beautiful Town feeds, which means this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, and Podbean if you're a browser listener from LBT. And so for next week, we'll be uploading on the 16th of November. And so hopefully by then, you will have watched Let It Snow on Netflix. I believe it comes out on the 8th. Um, So by the time you're listening to this episode, Let It Snow will be out. And it looks really cute. Like it's a whole bunch of like teen, like emerging adult romances. There's gay in it from the trailer. Um, and Jacob Badwan from Spider-Man is in it. And that's all really I asked for in a Christmas movie. <laughs> I think one of the Green Brothers wrote this one, so you know it'll be... Oh, like, John Green did, yeah. Yeah, so you know it, it'll be some, like, some wholesome good fun, I would yes. say. Yes. 
So we will see you next week. Um, or rather, you'll hear us next week talking about Let It Snow. And with that... Jingle Merry, jingle. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Happy Crisis! <laughs> Merry Chrysler! <laughs> <laughs>